2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord. Now you have observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings and the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But wicked people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. The word of the Lord. Holy God, we've gathered here to place our lives in front of your open word, asking that through your spirit you would allow us to find our lives anew through these sacred writings. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. There comes a time in every mature life when you find that the things that are attractive to you and people have dramatically changed. You are less drawn to the media images of sleek bodies and beautiful faces. And you're drawn much more to a very different personal attribute called gravitas. You know someone who you would say has gravitas. Maybe a teacher or a pastor, a mentor, perhaps a parent or a grandparent. Someone with quiet depth and wisdom. Someone that you so enjoy being around. Gravitas is a condition of the soul that has attracted enough spiritual mass to draw others toward it. Like gravity, the greater the mass, the greater the attraction. We all yearn to find this type of person in others. We yearn to find such type of gravitas in ourselves. It, it has the, the appearance of making a soul look old, but it actually has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with scars from wounds that have healed well. Scars are actually very attractive on people. Gaping wounds, not so much. <laughs> but scars are. Gravitas also has to do with, with hardship that has been redeemed, with sins that have been forgiven, 
with thorns that have settled well into the flesh, and with great dreams and visions that have been collected along the way. All of it expands the soul until it gets to the point where it appears larger than the body that contains it, large enough to contain holiness, which is actually what makes the soul then attractive. Second Timothy gives us at least a couple of ways that we, we discover this gravitas in our lives. For one, it tells us that all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There's not a lot of wiggle room there. It doesn't say some will be persecuted or all may be persecuted. All who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Sometimes this hardship and persecution is literal, as it was for the first readers of 2 Timothy. As it is today for the church in some parts of the world. As it is for Christians everywhere who are serious about doing justice. Sometimes the hardship comes simply from being devoted to this incredible commitment of living a godly life. If that's your commitment, you, you know this is hard. It's difficult to live a godly life. You constantly confront your limitations, your weakness, your ungodliness. You are constantly reminded that if you're gonna get there, it's only gonna be by the grace of God in Jesus Christ. It's hard to live a godly life. And it's the hardship that creates the gravitas. T.S. Eliot once wrote that the characters of contemporary literature no longer have great ideals that either inspire or conflict them. Instead, our characters now have nervous reactions. You know about the temptation to being a nervous reactor. It's what you become when you feel like a pinball bouncing back and forth between conflicting commitments. It's what you feel when you've become a social con artist, taking on different personas in different settings. It's what you become when you are possessed by anxiety, waiting for the next thing that threatens to dismantle your carefully constructed life. The reactivity, the anxiety, it takes up all of the air. Before you know it, you, you realize that you, you are not actually setting the agenda for your own life. You're just constantly in reactions to the things around you. You're certainly not living up to a great ideal in the good days and in the hard ones. Our society and the church in which it exists is dying for leaders who are driven by great ideals. Being devoted to living a godly life is a great ideal. 
Doing to others as you would have them do unto you is a great ideal, especially as a social policy. Committing yourself to doing justice and loving mercy and walking humbly is a great ideal. But if these are your devotions, if this is the fundamental agenda to your life, I will assure you that it's going to be hard. You will meet with resistance, you will meet with failure, and you will then, along the way, discover the gravitas of those who are also committed to the great idea of a merciful God. More than once I've had conversations with a graduating senior. It goes something like this. I'm on my way to being a pastor, but I'm only 25 years old. I don't have a whole lot of life experiences. I wonder if anybody's really going to want me to be their pastor. What they're actually saying is, I wonder if I have the gravitas for the job. I always tell them, don't worry. The church will give you the scars. (laughs) That's their ordination present for you. You just remain committed to the great uh, holy ideals, and the scars will come. Another way this text indicates that we find our gravitas in life is by inviting us to allow the biblical text to tell our life's story. All scriptures written by the inspiration of God. Know the sacred writings that are able to instruct you to salvation in Christ Jesus. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, for this is your life story. These writings in Scripture, they're not just a, a set of resources for you to use in the construction of your own life. It is your life. Your life did not begin, according to this text, when you were born. It doesn't begin when you graduate. It doesn't begin when you find a job or a real job. It doesn't begin when you get married or when you have children or when you retire or when you find healing. According to this text, the the opening words on your life are, in the beginning, God. That's your life it's talking about. That's the first words about your life. That's where the creativity comes from. That is the defining word on your life. In the beginning, God. The center point, the turning of the biblical story and your story is when that defining word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And where is your life headed? Turn to the end of the story. It's... It's headed to the place where God brings holiness to make its home among mortals. It ends with a river of life, with a tree that comes out of it, with leaves for the healing of the nation. What an incredible, great ideal for your life to strive for any approximation of that holy vision. It's the telos of your life. It's where it's headed. And in between the 
beginning and the end. It's, it's so many dramatic stories that are your stories. It's the stories of matriarchs and patriarchs and, and queens and kings and, and prophets, all of them flawed, but most of them devoted to great and holy ideals that gave them gravitas. The story of, of apostles and martyrs and old widows banging on the door for justice persistently. It's the story of thousands of years of common, ordinary saints who have already faced everything you could possibly find in this life, and they kept turning back to this great faith that they inherited from this biblical story for their lives, a great faith that is your inheritance, hammered out on the anvil of adversity. That's your story. Doesn't matter how old you are. Your gravitas comes from standing in this holy drama. This is the drama that the people around you have souls that are literally dying to hear. This is the gravitas of this story, your story, that makes your own soul substantial, deep, weighty, and so very attractive. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.